Welcome to GLT's All Good Local Tips with Caroline Wilson and Corey Perkin. All thanks to Red Energy. They're powered by Snowy Hydro and 100% Australian electricity and gas. Call 131 806 for real Aussie energy. And welcome to our special Good Local Tips segment. Thank you to Red Energy. Uh, this is episode 128 or it's spin-off. Hi, Corrie. Hello, Caro. Hello, Miss Jane. Hello, ladies. Now, I'm kicking off because I had the biggest... I've had such a terrible situation and I need everyone's help. So you remember I was boasting about the crayfish risotto I made for Mother's Day. At enormous expense to the management, three crayfish cut in half by the lovely fishmonger, put them in the fridge. They they didn't smell... The fridge smelt really crayfishy before I got them out and cooked with them. And I was a bit worried and I rang them. I said, you sure? Yep, they're fine. They're fine. Cooked them. They tasted beautiful. Apparently crayfish just has a really strong smell if you cut it in half and leave it in the fridge. So I then went... Um, Back to my fridge several times after I'd served it. You know, we cleaned it all out, wiped it down where they'd been sitting. Four days later, the fridge still stunk of crayfish. Like every time we opened the fridge. So <laughs> this Did went you put on. A little bowl of vinegar. And this went on for three days. So finally by Sunday, Brendan and I said, right, we're cleaning out the fridge. Well, we took out every, everything from the fridge, everything. We took out every shelf. We took out every, the, the veggie keepers, every side shelf. We completely dismantled the fridge. We sprayed it with eucalyptus or spray, wiped it all down. It was a new fridge. Cleaned every single um, tray and every single um, glass bit in soap and water. Put everything back in. You know, em- ended up throwing out so many, you know, leftover bits of chutney and Probably blah, blah. quite a handy thing to do. Really actually. good thing. The fridge, we, we got rid of about 50% of the stuff in the fridge. I've now got, I took a photo of all my gleaming clean jars, you know, took the labels off with eucalyptus oil, put in a dish of vinegar, even put in a little thing of vanilla essence with the lid off. Still, Still there. Oh, you know what? It's permeated onto things like your milk, your milk, plastic milk bottle and wrappings. Crayfish smell or fish can permeate onto anything. Yeah. So it's the surfaces. I reckon it's the surfaces of your other stuff. So but still, we cleaned all of them too. But it's the glad wrap that you might have wrapped the tuna in, or or it's the oh. it's it's the it is the, it's the milk. <laughs> it's the like you've got you have, you would probably have your lemon cordial in the fridge. It's permeated onto all of Finished, those. Surfaces. I think there was that much lemon. Um, I'm holding up two very uh, making a very small sign a with scant my fingers. Amount. I made <laughs> Brendan got a glass of water. I said, "Have some cordial." So I, I was finishing everything. Like it was the most satisfying day. Did you put bicarb soda in there, Caro? No, I did. Okay, I did vinegar, and no, I did. Bicarb actually absorbs the odors, so I would probably have the messiest fridge of anyone listening to this podcast right now. Uh, but just a big bowl of bicarb. You can get it really cheap in bulk at I've, Costco. I've, I've got heaps of just it because I use it, it. It actually sucks the odour. So I just put the bowl in. Yeah, just put a whole put water, in. Mix it with water? No, nah, just leave it because it's dry. It absorbs the odour. However, I would like to say hashtag first world problems. Is anyone else listening wondering how they keep their fridge from smelling like crayfish? I, I have not used – it's the first time I've bought, bought, yeah, bought crayfish for – I reckon I've only ever bought it one other time but in my whole you, life. But you had a tip at the start of um, CV19. You said that crayfish has, so never been, has never been cheaper. And, yeah. you know, I was that was that was pretty a flippant thing to say given, you know, I didn't realise how bad, you know, things were going to be. <laughs> there, there, were, there were a few things that we <laughs> yeah, said at the I beginning know, of the virus. I, we I mean, I understand bit, that. We're a bit flippant. And I know it's a first world problem, but it, it's a general thing about yeah. bad smells in the fridge. It's not It good. is amazing how they linger. Try the bicarb and get back to us on that, would you? Oh. Next time, get an 
and Esky. Get all your water bottles frozen. Get lots of those ice packs. Don't put it in your fridge, Carrie. You can have a little crayfish Esky on the side. Oh, that's a very good <laughs> idea. Take it out of the fridge. I just while we're, well, we're not really talking about coronavirus. We're talking about crayfish. But I just wanted to say that I read an interesting article the other day that the coronavirus hotspots are going to be popping up occasionally all around the place. And so what worries me here is the great toilet paper fiasco of March 2020 is going to be repeated. Really? So just, well, well, it could, you know, if we have another hotspot. So I just want to say to potties, in order to avoid that massive um, hysteria at the supermarket, may I just suggest that each time we go to the supermarket over the next few weeks or few months, that you just buy what you think you might need if, in fact, we have to go into lockdown again. Not massively store up, but just just get the jar of passata or the jar of uh, whatever, Vegemite or the load of toilet paper or whatever it is that you think that you might need. Don't suddenly when, if Daniel Andrews again declares we have to go into lockdown, don't suddenly race to the supermarket and have a fit. As someone who's got 18 sorts of flour in my cupboard, thanks to my beautiful <laughs> Any daughter, who is a great cook, but boy, did she buy up the flour. Now, Corrie, you said you were going to give us some in the show, some good local tips about being social again. Oh, yes. But, well, being social, I think uh, this is what occurred to me. You were talking in the podcast about your diary issue and the fact that you'd now turned your diary pages open again and you're starting to fill it up. And I think a lot of people are feeling a bit agitated about this because it has been quite nice not having, th- having anything on the agenda. Me with my $50-plus diary from Officeworks, which has had no activity in the last eight weeks, I'm in the same boat as you, Carol. A couple of things have cropped up and I've had to put them in. And I wondered how could I get over um, this anxiety about everything becoming crazy again. And I've decided that I'm going to be really rigorous about this. So I'm going to once a week have a catch-up, a social catch-up, just once a week. It, now, something like a book club or whatever doesn't come underneath that. Well, we've booked a Scrabble game on the weekend. That, Surely. That, that wouldn't, that, that's that a game. That doesn't count. No, a ga- like a game of golf, a game of bridge, um, a, a Zoom book club or something. That doesn't count. But if friends start Can we saying, have a glass of champagne at the end? Oh, you better believe it. I hope it's four, <laughs> hope it's four o'clock too. Remember, I'm not starting till four, four o one. But I just think that if we're really quite strict about this, I don't know why. I I often think sometimes people fill their diaries with social activity partly because they want to tell other people, oh, I was here on the weekend and I saw them on the weekend and I did this on the weekend. And it's it's all about showing off. Oh, I think that's a bit mean. I I don't think think that's why people do it. I think we have to just really... No, I just think there's... Just really stagger it because it's a long winter. Nobody's travelling. Nobody's going on holidays interstate for the next few weeks anyway. We've all become so busy, Corrie. People don't do it to show off. I'm... I couldn't disagree with you more about that. I honestly think... um, I think some people do fill their diaries because they there's a little part of them that likes seeing, seeing being seen to be busy and then they like to share their being busy. And I just think, you mm. know, come on, let's just get down to the basics now. No, I, I think that's a bit mean-spirited. I don't agree with that, but I certainly think I plan far too much just because I get overexcited and I want to do things. And I don't think it's because of that. What I am looking forward to, and I think will the dinner party for six or the, catching up with six six family members or six friends because you can invite five people around and I'm not saying I'm going to do it every day but, you know, like you say, maybe every few weeks or every week have dinner with, not necessarily at my house. The thing about six people is it's one conversation, mm. you know, so it, and maybe maybe that will be the way forward. Maybe we'll always do 
didn't. I mean, I've had sat around with six people in the last couple of days, and it's really good because you do just have one conversation. It's quite, it's quite intimate. I agree. It's it's really nice. Cara, you always, I'm sure, Corrie, you get, you know, requests for things as well, but I'm just wondering whether you're approaching filling your diary. You must get, you know, five people a week ask you to present an award or come and speak to our community group or, yeah. you know, well, a journalism can't, she course. She can't do that for ages. No, of course you There's can't. There's a lot of remote I'm, things. There's are a, there? Yeah, a lot of remote So stuff. I'm just wondering, will you sort of go, you know what, I'm going to carve out a little bit more time for me and think really carefully about what functions. You know, this is once everything sort of gets back on track, but is that something you're mindful of? Yes, definitely. Definitely, it, that chain. But but also, as Corrie said, I mean, we've all just planned and done far too much. And I think we all need, I really hope we never go back to that state of, I mean, I've loved my nights in. I've loved at nine o'clock said, oh, well, you know, I was talking to Anna from the off shop about this, day's <laughs> over, <laughs> upstairs. It's fab- it is really liberating and I think we'll actually be healthier for it. Once we overcome the mental stress at the moment and I think a lot of people uh, who have anxiety or work worries are are not sleeping well we're not we're not functioning correctly but once we get through this I think if we are going to bed earlier more nights a week if we are just having those treasured moments at home I think we're going to be better off for it the other thing too I just wanted to say as as a GLT to people who have companies and perhaps rent uh CBD office spaces and so on Twitter And the US uh, commerce company Square Inc. last week announced to all their employees that any of them can work, if they want to work from home permanently, they can. Wow, that's a huge isn't change, that huge? Isn't it? So, so for the company, it cuts down. If, particularly for Twitter, for example, they have masses of square meterage in on Manhattan, which must cost mm. them a fortune. But they've also found that people have adapted so cleverly to this now one could argue twitter and squaring you know they're they're sort of they're they're online businesses anyway so that you'd imagine their staff would be pretty tech savvy but it's quite interesting i think it poses interesting questions to australian companies can can our staff work remotely would we save on rent would there be greater productivity which our guest in our episode anita zima talked about um would we have happier employees and then, in fact, could you expand your travel, your, your um, talent pool? So you wouldn't just have to be hiring people from Melbourne. You could actually look to people who are interstate or overseas to join your workforce. Or in regional country towns, I've been speaking to people and, and organising interviews and they're like, oh, no, I've relocated to, you know, Dalesford or like some of those places, probably not a great example because, they're, well, their tourism is going to be down for, for months. But places, rural cities, rural towns where desperately they need more jobs and they need more people to keep the economies alive if you can do it from a beautiful place where you're going to pay a fifth of the price for a house why wouldn't yeah, you I just, imagine I, if australia finally decentralized yes. wouldn't that be wonderful those regional towns absolutely cory a couple of tips some um, you mentioned the art gallery doing drawing yes. lessons yeah, uh, correct you can actually go direct to the national gallery of victoria to organize this what tony elwood has done has been this has apparently gone off it's been one of their greatest initiatives. And so that was one thing I wanted to mention. And I think this one came from Anna from the op shop. And it might be a couple of weeks old now, but Judy Dench, who we love, the first 85-year-old, I think, to grace the cover of British Vogue, although the Queen might have actually got there a couple of times. But th- it's the most fantastic article. It is. I think article. I mentioned it, didn't I, last week or the week before? No, oh, I don't think you I? did. But um, anyway, it's, she answers questions from 18 of her most famous films. And then you can click onto YouTube and you can watch... You know, you can watch um, her her selection of her greatest performances. Hours 
hours of entertainment. It's really wonderful. And the, and then the questions come from her fan club, including Reese Witherspoon, who's a bit giggly, but a number of like Ian McCurney. 18 of the most famous fans. Yeah. Sorry, I said yeah. films. Yeah, and they yeah. ask her questions and through a video, you know, remote kind of questioning, and then she replies. And it's it's just fantastic. Isn't it great? It's such a great... Well, Anna put me onto that too. I love some it. Some things have really worked. I mean, other things like Graham Norton Show, one of my favourite shows, it just doesn't work with him doing those remote, I don't think. It's not nearly as funny. I mean, the interviews are quite interesting. I love Stanley Tucci the other night showing us how to make his favourite cocktail. But that doesn't really work. But the, some magazines have been so clever mm. in what they've done. Yeah, it's, it certainly has sorted out the men from the boys. Just um, this cold snap in the last couple of days too, I just wanted to talk about keeping warm. It's a big issue of mine. And I go and I say this every year on this podcast, hats and scarves, messengers, hats and scarves. Gloves? Well, gloves too, yes, although everywhere you go, you've been given gloves to go into the fruit shop or something, so that might be a bit glove intense. But um, hats and scarves, oh, certainly the, the beanie. glove over the woolen glove. Yeah, that's glove. right. Like what to do. <laughs> how, do you, how do you open the bags then? Um, but hats and scarves, I just think there's nothing better than having a beanie in, in your back pocket and a scarf. It just makes, it makes all the sense. And can I just remind everybody, my Sunbeam Sherpa fleece, which I bought last year for about 90 bucks, I guess, is just... The best thing ever. Is that ever. what you wore in today? That's my coat. Oh, sorry. Well, it cost about 400 bucks. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, I'm talking about the electric blanket. Oh. The throw oh, that I bought last oh, year. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Oh no, I was gosh. happy to. I was happy to see the blue um, mo. Uh, but what is it? What's it made of? Just I don't know. Some sort of fake wool. I know, some fluff. I know. I won't stand near an open flame. I love it, but don't go near an open flame. Jane? We've got a couple of GLTs from our wonderful listeners. Of course, you can always send them through feedback at don'tshootpod.com.au. Isabel Andrews. Uh, her tip is an app which shows you where streaming TV. Shows are available. So remember how we've been shot in the past for well, mentioning I it was have. Netflix yeah, or man. the wrong when service. When it was SBS on demand. Oh. And, yep. So mm. Isabel recommends the app Just Watch. It locates where shows are streaming and available for purchase. That's a great tip. That is a great tip. Um, now, Sarah Brockoff sent us a great email, obviously uh, new to the Zoom meeting. <laughs> We're talking about how much it's going to be a part of our life. Her daughter gave her some steps. There's a sort of five steps here. A lot of it is about elevating your screen so you are not shooting yourself from the chin up. Mm. So Sarah recommends there's some fantastic uh, cookbooks that you can put on the desk to elevate. Maggie Beer is a good choice because it's quite <laughs> big. And the big Stephanie's. The big <laughs> Stephanie's. Oh. And always make sure that you have a glass of water and a small table next to you so that you don't risk spilling the water into your laptop, that kind of thing. Mm. Make sure your phone's on airplane mode. Mm. So some fantastic suggestions from Sarah. And also from Flash Jewels on Instagram, uh, she's just started reading Belgravia by Gillian Fellows. Can't put it down. And it's also coming Ooh, yes. to Foxtel that, in the next few weeks. That soon. And another um, viewing tip, I haven't seen this, so I don't really know whether it's a good tip or not, but I imagine it'll be fascinating, is the Maralinga Jaju. Jirucha uh, looks must brilliant be, um, looks brilliant documentary that's starting mm -hmm. on Sunday night so on the ABC but there's and there's another one a, a, a sort of a satire involving Marilinga isn't there that that's that's the um, documentary there's another one starting oh it's got that beautiful 
very good looking man who was on the cover of Good Weekend last Saturday. It will come to me. It's um it's sort of it sounds a bit like um something by Evelyn War. It's basically um a spoof about, you know, the setting up of Marilinga and what happened. It, it's a British Australian oh, yeah, co production. The, 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 the British Army decided they wanted to do some nuclear um, atomic bomb testing. So they chose the Australian outback in South Australia. And uh, between 1956 and 1963, they set off seven atomic bombs. And uh, so British servicemen and Australians were involved. A number of them, masses amounts of them over the following years, died of cancer. My father, who was a reporter at the time, was sent up to cover one of the atomic atomic bombs, bomb um, uh, tests, and my mother was convinced years later that's why he acquired cancer at such an early age. Oh, who will ever know? But I think this documentary uh, sounds great, and I did see the I did see the promo for that um, show, which is called Operation Buffalo. That's coming it. soon. Yes, it was going to be called Fallout, and then they changed the name and the. Good-looking chap I was referring to is Ewan Leslie. Okay. He's he's uh, you know the next big thing, even though he's been around for absolutely ages. Um, it it sort of it, it touches on obviously um, the locals, you know, the indigenous population there, the Brits and the Australian. It, it's also got the guy that very f- um, good actor who was in Babe. James Cromwell yes, is in yes. it. Um, it looks hysterical. It looks really, really good. Um, Operation Buffalo. I don't know why they changed it from Fallout, but they did. Anyway. I listened to a podcast interview with James Cromwell a while ago, and he said that doing Babe, being the farmer in Babe, was one of the career highlights. Oh, really? <laughs> really? <laughs> I don't know why I felt proud about that, but I sort of did. Jane, um, Miss Jane, have you got? can you give us a little gardening tip before we go? Now that you're the garden guru, I've, it's a complete question without notice. <laughs> okay, so on the sport of gardening, new show, you can get it as a podcast too. Every question we've had from listeners so far has been about lemon trees. Oh my goodness, Andrew Sequel <laughs> used to say that on the three AW gardening true. show. My black Honestly. grit arrived. My black grit arrived from Vasily's ah, um, Vasily's garden. Yeah, he's the, a bloke who's got a. Just t- tell the men to do wheeze on it. That's the best trick. No, this black grit, I'll tell you, I'll report back. Have you used it, Jane? I haven't, but I've heard great things. And there's also a product, Who Flung Dung, by a company called Neutrog from South Australia that's apparently amazing. But I would say, look, my tip is go to your garden centre. I just walked in and said, give me some help with the lemon tree. You know, it's in Ballarat. She sent me home with this fantastic thing. I liberally applied it to the lemon tree that's got yellowing leaves. So, look, it might be a cliche. Well, it might true. be common. No, but- they need a pair. They all, they need a pair. They're like oh. avocado trees. They like compa- okay. companion look, planting fine. with each other. Two lemon trees is the trick. And if you've got artichokes like me that are coming up from seed, start, um, you know, oh. look in the garden. Things like the calendulas, which we've got in the studio. Have a look in your garden and see what's actually come up self-seeded because then I just take those seedlings and start replanting every everywhere else because a lot of those things that'll just die and go to seed themselves. Oh my God, if ever there was a person born <laughs> to have her own gardening show, it's Miss Jane. So follow I had your roasted, follow, follow I had by your Caroline roasted, Wilson. I had, oh no, I'd, I'd be terrible. But, um, you would love it. You Actually, you'd I be would better love with, it. You'd be better as Margaret, um, Margaret and David. Yeah, no, I'd rather a film show. Oh, when are we going to get back to the movies? I've missed it so much. Jane, um, your artichokes were Jerusalem absolutely artichokes. beautiful. Roasted. Didn't bother skinning them. As you said, delicious. Yeah, thanks to Spring Creek Organics. They're down out of Ballarat. They've got a farm gate shop which is just booming because no one can go to farmer's markets, you know, in a lot of places. So uh, straight from the farm to your kitchen. That's pretty good. (laughs) Corrie, it's been lovely to see you again. Nice to see you. Don't shoot the messenger, Caro. Um, And good luck 
with Scrabble on the weekend. Well, I'm the reigning champion, I know. so I'm ready. Three in a row. Ready to rock. Boy, oh boy, am I ready to take you on. Don't shoot the messenger, everyone. See you next week. Thanks for listening to Caro and Corrie's GLTs. If you've got a good local tip, we'd love to hear from you. You can email feedback at dontshootpod.com.au or join us on Facebook and Twitter. It's all for Red Energy. Powered by Snowy Hydro, Red Energy are a leader in renewable energy. They're 100% Australian electricity and gas. You can give them a call on 131 806 for real Aussie energy. Thanks for listening.